by makeup. A simple Google. <laughs> Let me down that. Hello. Oh, hi there. Welcome to this podcast, What A Way To Go. It's a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Claire. I'm Eleanor. And that's it. It's another fucking heatwave. Scorcher. Yeah. And we're living for it by sitting in a studio that's nicely air-conditioned mm. with one small window. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough, that's small. For new listeners, you might have caught up with episodes really recently and this time last year we were moaning about the heat and football and now we're moaning about the heat and, and, Boris, Boris, and Boris Johnson Boris, oh, don't <laughs> let's not go on <laughs> Daily might jump out the window I might so yeah the, the heat is hot and the Prime Minister's shit so we're in a good place and we're all going to hell in a handcart mm. well there's two by-elections coming up, isn't there? Mm. Might be Liberal Democrat rather than Tory. Mm. Lib- the new leader of the Liberal Democrats love fucking Thatcher. Like, um, yeah, I'm not. I don't want there to be a Liberal Democrat government, but it would be nice if Boris lost his majority because apparently, ASAP, yeah. if those constituency vote Lib Dem, it gives Boris a, a working majority of two, which is <laughs> mad. I also saw something on Twitter the other day about some Tory MPs talking about defecting to Lib Dems, which would give him no majority. Yeah, and then he's fucked. So. Yeah. It's not quite over yet. I mean, it's not great. <laughs> Watch no, this space, listeners. Mm. Yeah. For any American listeners, your president today said that Bojo is like a British Trump. Which so is probably accurate. Pr- pretty accurate yeah. for the first time in his life, but also not a great comparison not for brilliant. us. This concludes uh, the podcast section. <laughs> the podcast? The politics, <laughs> the politics section, section of, the of this podcast. And we're hot. We're really fucking hot. We're hot. But you know what? We did karaoke on Friday <laughs> and it was the best thing that I've done all year. Don't know about you two. Mm. What really annoyed me, for the listeners' context, we did two sessions of karaoke. We booked a normal one sober for an hour and then we liked it so much that we, we booked like, another one at midnight, no, half past midnight. Half past midnight. <laughs> so we, we, we were like, they've got another slot, but it's in an hour and a half time. We were like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So then we spent the rest of the time waiting, just dancing to shit music. Some of it was Evanescence, which I loved. No, no, shit music in like the good sense. Like, yeah, in the good sense. It was great. And Els was doing yoga binds on, on the dance floor. I forgot about that like, until the, the next thing. day. Because it sticks out in my memory, A, because it's skills, but B, because that's exactly the kind of behaviour that gets you turfed out by the bouncers, and I was getting really what paranoid. Were you doing? I was doing the Bird of Paradise. <laughs> What's the Bird of Paradise? <laughs> It's where you. I was better at it. I in mean, the you club were good. It was really, <laughs> really good. At yoga. You do a bind. What's a bind? So you. Oh, this is going to be very dull. This makes you dull. You basically, track. like, thread your arms through your legs yeah. and meet, meet at the back. You go into, like, a warrior two kind of position and then you wrap your arms. Through the crotch. Through the crotch and round. We'll have to like, video this for the back. Instagram fans. And then you have to like bring your leg round so that then your legs are like next to each other. And then you lift the <laughs> leg that's in the bind up. So you're like balancing so, on one leg. Yeah, and you were doing this drunk. I was doing this More successfully than I've ever done it. Yeah. Hey, just get drunk younger. But it was, I was really like, hey, it's good. I was like, nah. I think the fans are my we're going to get turfed out. We're the next day I was like, oh, my hip hurts a bit. I wonder why. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's fear. why. Yeah, that's exactly what. But to be honest, that's my favourite kind of club night out situation because there was basically no one in there. Yeah, yeah it's great. And they were playing brilliant. Bangers. And yeah. you just don't care. And you've got the room to just do whatever you like. I mean, maybe don't do <laughs> whatever yeah. you like. Whatever you like. But um, yeah, great. But there, were, uh, there was another cluster of people that were a bigger group than us. I would guess like a work night out. Yeah. And they were doing similar like ridiculous moves just like in another little clump on the dance floor. So I was like, oh, we're fine. Yeah. We're, we're amongst friends. I yeah. went to the bathroom at one point and I came back and you had three bottles of white wine gifted to the table. Oh, yeah. Did we? Yeah. Well, none of us drank it because, well, well A, poison and B, um, <laughs> We were <laughs> who gave them? Who gave us that? I don't know. Some blokes. I think they were leaving. They were just leaving. Yeah, I think they'd overordered, and they were like, "We don't want these." And we were like, "One of them was like uh, a full bottle of white wine." Was it? Screw top. I yeah. Don't remember that. Oh dear. I don't think I'd be alive today if, if I drank more wine. No, I think there was a point of no return. Yeah, because don't forget we went to a spoons and had shots. Yeah, boy. <laughs> shots delivered to us. Table service. Yeah. Which is <laughs> They were very fantastic. nice. We are classy. Yeah. Classy, classy women. They were very nice in that weather spoons because I was like hanging around by the bar. You'd gone to the loo. You were getting drinks. 
and there was nowhere to sit. And then the security man was like, oh, here's a free table. I was like, what, does that never happen? Yeah, no, yeah, happens. it's classy spoon. It's yeah. really classy. Nice. Yeah, so My anyway. personal highlight from karaoke was It's All Coming Back to Me by Celine Dion because who knew that song is filthy? Yeah. The lyrics yeah. are like filth. Yeah. And it wasn't until they're on screen in front of you <laughs> and you're singing them, you're like, oof. Oh, and it is Celine a banger. Yeah. It's a fucking banger. Yeah. Celine Dion can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> it rhymes. And it rhymes. Anyway, now that we've talked right. about all the fun that we've had together to the listeners, why don't we tell them some stories about weird and unusual shit? Yeah, that's, I've definitely got that. Ooh. Shall I start? Yeah, you've already been laughing at your paper. No, it's not laughing. I've been looking at it wistfully to try and work out what the, what the right way to... Um, I'm just going to go straight into it. Strategizing. Because today, ladies and listeners, I'm going to tell you about... All of the deadly and disgusting things women have done in the name of beauty over over the years. And with the caveat that I'm only talking about cosmetics because there's probably all sorts of like horrible surgeries, which I'll save for another episode. That's that's gold for another episode, let's be honest. So basically I am going to tell you about shit that we have put on our faces, in our bodies, on our teeth, on our skin that uh, has killed us, maimed us, given us diseases, all for the sake of looking better. What a good route to go down. What Can I ask how you came to this? You can. Uh, <laughs> she just did. Yes, because I was thinking, I think I literally Googled death by makeup because I was Ooh. like, I wonder oh. if there's ever been a thing. Yeah. And then I found a few good articles. The cut was particularly good. Oh. The cut, yeah, the best. Favorite. It's yeah, your favourite. favourite. I hope you haven't read this. It's from a while ago. No, I haven't. So, yeah, I think I was literally like, death by... Because sometimes I'll do that. I'll do like, death by pelican. Let's just see <laughs> if anyone's... <laughs> That's a good way to do it, because, I mean, it's not my turn yet, but I was feeling particularly uninspired today. Mm-hmm. You know, some days I just, some weeks you just have them where you're like, fuck, I don't even really know. So I was trying to think outside the box, and that is a mm-hmm. brilliant... Yeah, give it a go, because you can get some interesting things out. I do think that, because I think that when we first started, the reason for this podcast was a list that we found on Wikipedia. Yeah. And there are so many of those lists floating around mm-hmm. that you're like, you've read a couple, and you're like, I've got nothing. And then it's only when you think about, oh, what about this? Or what about that? Yeah, when yeah, you get yeah. into the, the minutiae of stuff. And they're never featured on any lists. They're never featured yeah. on anything. You wouldn't have necessarily heard of it elsewhere. Also, often once you've seen one of those lists, you've seen it a thousand times because yeah, they, they are the, the same. same they just yeah, copy yeah. each other, yeah. And there was one list that I saw that literally had eight out of ten of them we've already done. Mm. Yeah, and I only found yeah, it like yeah, yeah. two months ago. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Mm. Anyway. So yeah, give it a death by and then a word. Or <laughs> accidentally killed by A and then a word. Nice advice. Yeah, for anyone. My Google search history must be fucking weird. True. Let me know. Um, Who's the head of Google? I know they said Bezos, but that's Amazon, isn't it? Who's in charge of Google? I think a woman runs the UK Google. A woman. Ah. Speaking of women, lead makeup. (laughs) Oh, there's some really good visuals that come with this. This is like a TED Talk. There's some strong visuals that come with my forthcoming TED Talk. So jump on social media after this. So, lead has a long and alarming history as a makeup ingredient. It's been used in cosmetics since antiquity. In the 18th century, women mixed it with vinegar to make ceruse, which helped them achieve the extremely pale look popular at the time. It also visually smoothed the face. There was no such thing as sunscreen back then, and smallpox was rampant, so often women had a lot to hide. Oh, God. <laughs> smearing thick lead makeup. Did men wear that too? Because you know when you see films, like quite often they've got them. Yeah, I imagine anyone with the sort of like dandy look, isn't it? Like mm. I imagine anyone in powdered wigs with a pale face mm. and like a, a drawn on. Yeah, and almost um, like beauty heart, spot. Yeah, exactly. Red lip, rose I, lips. I expect anything that was white on your face was lead mm. based. So yeah, maybe men. Men in power, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Lawyers. Maybe a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they still wear? Powdered wigs? Oh, they oh, do they wear, wear those, wigs. Yeah. yeah. Barristers wear those wigs. I haven't been in court in a while. Did so. you know that the number of ringlets on those wigs relates to, like, how... I nearly said powerful you are, but, like, how high up you are, yeah. Really? That's no. why judges go really, really long down to their shoulders and the barristers will just have, like, a few little curls. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. You never see any chin-length ones, though, do you? So like a bob. Where are they Where are they off A lob. <laughs> a barrister's lob. <laughs> That could be the name of the podcast episode. <laughs> that's Tickle oh, Daily. No. Enjoyable. Oh, that set me off. Okay. People learn so much through this podcast. They I'm really just saying. The barrister's lab. Commercial lead makeup products like Bloom of Ninon was a brand name, then became available in the 18th century. And here's the kicker. Here's why it was so bad. People who used lead-based products poisoned themselves slowly. Mm. And well, in- we know this from... 
Marie Curie. Paris Green. Oh, Paris Green. Is there lead in that? There was lead in that, wasn't there? That's my story, I sure remember. <laughs> no, it was arsenic. Well, Fuck. arsenic's the next one. Okay, save that for later. And there's another one that pops up later that's one of Elsie's old stories. Uh-uh. I'm recycling is what I'm doing. <laughs> A summary of so far. People who use lead-based products poison themselves slowly and in the meantime suffered side effects like grey hair. All right. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Dried out skin. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Severe abdominal pain and constipation. Pretty. Okay, arsenic. That just sounds like women on their period. Yeah. 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 Dried out skin, severe abdominal pain. Mid-30s, pre-menstrual. <laughs> Was it lead poisoning all along? <laughs> Imagine. What a way to go. What a way to go. Okay, arsenic. Once lead was out of the picture, arsenic took its place as the next pale complexion miracle product. So I really do genuinely find kind of beauty trends through the ages so fascinating. And BuzzFeed used to do those sped up videos of like from the 1920s to modern day, like the beauty Mm, ideals. And it was kind of like women merging into each other, a bit like the um, Michael Jackson black and white video, but like (laughs) over time. Fascinating. Anyway, so everyone still wanted to be pale, but turns out taking arsenic is very bad. The reason it made you pale is because it destroys red blood cells, which lead to pale skin and eventually death. Ah. Apparently, women would make DIY versions by soaking the arsenic out of flypaper, which seems like something you shouldn't really do. But the entrepreneurs of the day saw an opportunity there, and products like Dr. McKenzie's Improved Harmless Arsenic Complexion Wafers... (laughs) Snappy. Snappy, punchy, hit the market. Besides death, they could also make you go bald. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to add insult to injury, if you stop taking them abruptly, it would cause your complexion to go haywire, thus incentivising you to keep taking them. Arsenic products were around until the 20s. Really? Yeah. So arsenic was in Paris Green? I think so. I'd have to go back and listen to the episode, to be honest. And I know Paris Green was in, like, everything, including toys. Cosme- oh, yeah, you did say cosmetics, actually, yeah. Deadly Nightshade is another... Is that a plant? It's a plant. Yeah. It's a very poisonous plant. <laughs> And it was used by Italian women as an eye drop oh, shit. to Fuck. dilate their pupils, apparently making them more attractive. No. Can you imagine? I've never looked at someone's pupils and thought they were fit. No. Well, isn't it a sign that you are attracted to someone if your pupils dilate? I don't... Well, I think that you, your pupils dilate for multitudes of reasons. So yeah. lots of people say that that is a thing, but I don't think that you could bet your horse on it. Yeah, maybe not. But I suppose it's like a... Isn't it like an endorphin reaction? Because I feel like there's things around like, you know, like when you're ovulating, there's supposed to be like certain changes to your body that makes you more, suppose, like attractive. more attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's brighterized rather than diluted people, but things like that that are supposed to make... Well, just pop some deadly nightshade eye drops in. You'll be fine. The men will be falling at your Yeah, feet. literally yeah. falling at their feet. I actually have quite weirdly dilated pupils anyway. Like mine tend to be quite big and I don't really know. You're high. Why, a kite. But maybe I'm just always. Yeah. It's all them disco biscuits you're eating now. <laughs> maybe it's those. So obviously, popping belladonna, also known as belladonna, mm. night, deadly nightshade, popping that in your eye can cause visual distortion and sensitivity to light, and if taken systemically, can kill you pretty quickly. With all of these things, do you think at the time they were like, oh, this is what's happening, or do you think it was like in hindsight? Because in hindsight. It makes you think now, like, what are we doing now that in. Exactly, like fillers, Botox, you're you're poking poison into your skin. I totally agree. But there is also the element of like lots of people would be dying anyway at this time. Like the death rate probably was higher back then for lots of other reasons like smallpox and other things that we've now eradicated. Well, the anti-vaxxers will bring that back soon enough. But that's the sort of thing. Lots of people died on a regular basis then anyway. We probably don't die as much now. But definitely like the idea of what... IVF and laser eye surgery and things like that will do in the long run is still completely unknown. Yeah. In terms and of like, our modern technology. Yeah. Like hormonal contraception, there's never really been a long term no. study on that, has there? No. And like the the women that die after having the Brazilian butt lift and like mm. concrete injected into them and stuff like that. Concrete? Shit. Was that a thing? Well, it wasn't like a, you went for the concrete. Yeah. It was like you wanted a certain procedure. I think it was like to um, enhance certain areas. Went and... for the concrete, stayed for the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. And um, people were like injecting concrete to make things thicker. That's fucking horrific. Yeah. Yeah. The one that fucked me up the most... That you had yourself done to you. I had done. People used to depilate, i.e. remove hair, with x-rays. 
What? what? In the early 20th century, scientists discovered X-rays and promptly put them to use, removing excess body hair. According to one report, some patients had to be exposed to the X-ray for up to 20 hours. What? Their hair fell out, but they also had skin thickening, atrophy, ulcerations, and later on, obviously, cancer. After a lot of bad side effects and lawsuits, everyone figured it out. But for a long time, the x-ray was marketed as a perfectly safe device for this aesthetic procedure. Not for looking at bones. No, for removing hair. That is mad. Isn't it? That was the most surprising one for me. I mean, if I could go into a machine and program what bits of my body I wanted to be hairless, I would do it. Mm. But I wouldn't do that with an x-ray. No. I'd rather just shave in the shower. Mm. Which is faff, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, being a woman is a faff. So, you know, skin thickening and atrophy on the one hand, loads of faff on the other. <laughs> Balances out. Yeah, I'm not sure. 20 hours. A... I haven't I got that much time. No. have not got well, that much I time. Well, I do at the moment. But... <laughs> <laughs> still, still. Just going down whips cross to the x-ray department. <laughs> the next one harks back to our friends, the radiation girls. What were they called? Ghost girls, Ghost yeah. girls. Radiation Radium girls, aren't they? Yeah. And that was uh, radium in skin cream. Forget diamonds. Oh, forget shit. about diamonds for making your skin radiant. Just use actual radiation. People went crazy for radium in the early 20th century after the Curies discovered it, and it popped up in various skin creams. I quote an advertisement for radial chin straps from 1915. If placed on the face where the skin has become wrinkled or tired, the radioactive forces immediately take effect on the nerves and tissues. A continuous, steady current flow of energy flows into the skin. And before long, the wrinkles have disappeared. Because you're on your way to die. you're mm. about to die. Hope so that's mad. Makes me think of... Uh, yeah, Chernobyl. just lose part of your body. Yeah. This is not as deadly, but it's quite funny, so I'm going to tell you. This is, also sounds like something I might do. In the late 1700s, hairstyles reached their peak. To get the highest hair possible, women often used wooden and iron frames, leather horsehair pads and lots of extensions. The hair was then curled with hot tongs and covered in lard oh. to hold it in place. But the lard then attracted mice and rats while they were sleeping. Oh, no. That so. is so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that is rank. So when the lice and vermin came after uh, requiring long scratching sticks... There are reports of women wearing cages around their quaffs at night to keep the mice away. So, I mean, that's so, not super deadly, but just fucking weird. Once you've had that erected, mm. how long? Oh, you're not. That's not coming for? down for a while. No. I wonder if it's like dreadlocks in that you don't grow it out; you keep retightening it at the top. So I wonder if it just like as it grows out, it just makes it higher and higher and higher oh. until it doesn't stop. But surely, if you go out in the sun, lard will melt. It's like butter, right? Yeah, it was just fat. It's literally just fat. Yeah. Probably quite a good moisturising. And not finally, nearly finally, eyelash extensions. They used to literally thread your head hair through your eyelids to no. remove longer eyelashes. No, disgusting. But who's got as thick head hair as eyelash hair? I won't even get eyelash extensions now no, I in know. 2019. But don't worry, because they numbed your eyelids with cocaine before they did it. Oh, hey. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> this is from an advert. Sorry, a newspaper article from 1899. An ordinary fine needle is threaded with a long hair, generally taken from the head of the person to be operated upon. The lower border of the eyelid is then thoroughly cleaned, and in order that the process may be as painless as possible, rubbed with a solution of cocaine. The operator then, by a few skilful touches, runs his needle through the extreme edges of the eyelid between the epidermis and the lower border of the cartilage of the tragus. The needle passes in and out along the length of the lid, leaving its hair thread in loops of carefully graduated length. Does it grow? No, it wouldn't have it a cycle. But that is absolutely ringing, isn't That's it? Disgusting. That is rank. To use the same word I've used three times already. Tonight. Yeah. So my last one. There's a twist. Mercury. Oh. Before the days of benazyl peroxide, mercury was used to cure... I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm like, you know, benazyl peroxide. <laughs> mercury was used to cure blemishes and also syphilis, spawning the delightful saying, a night with Venus, a lifetime with mercury. Which is quite Ooh. funny. Is it? <laughs> but it's equally... It's e Sounds what if, it, what if to me. he had syphilis too? <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean, because Venus is... Like the woman, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Everyone's catching syphilis. She had to get it from someone. Yeah. What if she got it off Mercury? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So mercury is easily absorbed through the skin and can cause birth defects, kidney and liver problems, fatigue, irritability, again, just (laughs) Just premenstrual, uh, tremors, depression and a metallic taste in the mouth. And death. Yeah. Here's the twist. Here's the kicker. Mm -hmm. Lads, there's still mercury in mascara. Oh, what? To this day. I didn't like, can you read the ingredients and it will say mercury in there? No. It will be in something else that they put in it. That's outrageous. I absolutely love mascara. I love mascara. I know. In October 2013, 140 countries signed the UN Minamata Convention, which includes a ban on mercury in cosmetics and soaps, but the ban makes an exception for mascara and other eye makeup. Why? Mercury is added to eye makeup frequently to prevent the growth of bacteria and fungi that would infect and damage the eye. According to the treaty, mascara is exempt from the neurotoxicant embargo because no effective, safe substitute alternatives are available. And according to Joanna Tempovsky, a scientist for the World Health Organization's International Programme on Chemical Safety, the risk-benefit analysis favours the use of these preservatives. And mascara brands without mercury sometimes use other more harmful preservatives, such as formaldehyde, which is a carcinogenic, or parabens, which are possibly linked to hormone disruption. I am gobsmacked. There you go. I always try to look for parabens. Yeah. And not get them. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of soaps are quite good at saying out. like paraben-free now. Yeah. 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 Every mascara's got mercury in it then. I don't know about every. It's parts per million. It's like 65 parts per million or whatever, but it's still in there. There's too many parts per million for me, to be honest. But I can't not wear mascara because I look like a mole. So <laughs> I look I- like a snowman. I don't. And we're all dying pretty soon anyway, aren't we? Climate or Boris or something, maybe. So mm. I think I'll just stick to wearing mascara for the time being. Small price to pay. I think so. Very, very, very entertaining daily. Well done. You're very welcome. Death by makeup. A simple Google. Led <laughs> me down that. Down, down that, that rabbit hole. <laughs> That's the byline of this podcast. Just a simple Google. A simple Google. That's Get why on the Google today. Who runs Google? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Someone. Who the fuck do, isn't it weird that they don't have a, an iconic person like Zuckerberg or... Well, no, I think it's so do. multifaceted, though, isn't it? You're multifaceted. I am. I'm like an onion. <laughs> I'm like an onion. Someone when... must have come up with it initially. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was Google after Yahoo? Yeah. Maybe. Probably. Bing. Ask Jeeves. Ask, Ask Jeeves. Jeeves doesn't exist anymore, does no. it? It was shit anyway. I like the idea of asking somebody... Mm. And like putting a please or thank you on there to be polite. That's cute. Is that what you're supposed to do with Jeeves? No, but just because. I think he personified... got a bit shirty if you didn't, right? Did he? It's just personified. Personified? <laughs> personified, so it's quite nice to do it. Unlike Alexa or whatever, where it's like, Alexa, play Careless Whisper, rather than Alexa, play Careless Whisper, please. It's teaching you... loads of kids oh, bad manners. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you think she does anything differently if you say please? I don't know. I don't. I will not. I will never have a voice assistant in the home, so no, I'll never that. find out. I've turned off See, Siri. See, I can't even... I wouldn't have an assistant like that, but we've got a smart TV and sometimes it's quicker to say, open YouTube, than it is to, like... But do you say please? No, because it's a TV, it's not Alexa. But anyway... Teaching Wendell bad But manners. Steve won't <laughs> even... Manners. Like, he will not... He can't bring himself to say it, even though to find it, even when it's like, it's only us and it's, like, 2am... And we're trying to have our YouTube session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. not say it to the TV. What is that? What? What is the principle behind it? Just because he thinks it's weird. I think he thinks it's for wankers. It which is. is fine, true. Fine, <laughs> fine. It is. And he refuses. My husband has many things that a wanker is not one of them. No, it's true. Absolutely not. I really appreciate that about yeah. him. He's gone up even more in my estimation because of that I antidote. antidote. Top five? Is he in your top five? People? Yeah. No. How many of you are <laughs> That's there? Quite, yeah. That's a bold statement. No, because it doesn't work like that, does it? Because there's too many of this group to have a top five. Fair enough. You're in my top two, so that's fine. Great. Sweet. I suppose by default. Yeah. No. You're your own person. <laughs> You're your own person. Cut that. You're saying I drag Steve along with me into the top two? <laughs> no, I mean, we're in your top two. Yeah. Podcast hosts. <laughs> Top two people in this room. Yeah. yeah. Top two people that I spoke to today. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Well, take it. I'll fucking take it. 
That includes PJ, though, doesn't yeah. it? And Wendell. Oh, yeah, we have spoken today. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. This morning, when I was looking for something to bring to tonight, I was just feeling quite uninspired today because... I do the whole looking at the same list that we've all looked at a thousand times and yep. like, I don't really know where to go. So I went to the treasure trove of the Guardian Experience. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, Always yeah. a rich avenue. It is. It really is. So big shout out to the Guardian Experience column because this is... Without you, we're nothing. Yeah, definitely. And this is very much a rehashing of one of their stories. <laughs> fine. So this is the story of um, Helen Rudd. So in 2006, she was on her way to work and she was crossing the road and it was a really rainy day, so visibility was poor. As she crossed the road, a van came out and hit her and she fell to the floor, she rolled under a parked car, she hit her head. And as a result, she was put into a medically induced coma immediately after the accident. And she didn't have any memory of the accident for four years. And it was only through people talking to her about what had happened that day that she can sort of piece it together. This article is from not that long ago. It's quite a recent one. But obviously, it was, it was the accident happened quite a long time ago. So after 10 days, medical staff tried to bring her out of the coma. But it was too early and according to her family and friends the coma that she was in was marked grade three on the glasgow coma scale do you know about the glasgow coma no scale? i've never been to glasgow <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie i have been i just thought it'd be quite funny and you to didn't say check it. out it the coma it scale. got a laugh fine no i didn't it's know. three bad what's the scale not yeah ten. I think it must be. So Are we at naught? Presumably, right now we're we're zero. On lack the of comas. Yeah. One yeah. minor minor coma. So I don't know. I've never heard of it before either. But basically, that is the deepest one you can be in, but still be alive. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Do you know what I just thought? This is very very different, but kind of the same. Are all like scale charts named after places? Because there's the Bristol Dual Scale or chart as well, isn't that? That's more of a chart than a scale, actually. <laughs> It is a chart. The only one that I no, think of scales are a Richter scale, which yeah. is not a place. That's not a place. You've got the Mo scale, which is named after a person, which is a measure of hardness. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah, the listeners didn't get to see the way I looked at squares as I said hardness. I just spat on myself in the microphone. Thanks, uh, Lily. You're welcome. Because also, when you said it, I just thought of Mo Sislak from the Six. <laughs> Because that's where my mind goes. My scale for hardness. Okay, cool. Fine. Lovely. So, in answer to your question, no, not all scales are named after places. No, I was thinking more like in the medical world. Uh, Is that Hmm. one for hardness medical? That's your talc to your diamond. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So those are your two ends of the mo scale. Famously diamond, hardest. Yeah, exactly. Pretty hard. Snails, mate. Snails. snails. <laughs> and snails. No. Snails are like tortoises. Snails are like hard as nails. Oh, it's nails. <laughs> it's nails. I, I would say like, tortoises are harder. Like I shouted snail. Where's the relevance, Daily? Christ. I would put a porcupine up there too. That's a hard chap, isn't as it? As in like how hard are the animal kingdom? Yeah. Or like hard as in like lions. They're up there, aren't they? They're Where quite lazy though, aren't they? Porcupine is all about defence. I'd say if you're hard, you're like up for a fight. No, but I thought you meant hard as in like their little coats. (laughs) Like a porcupine, because you said snail and then you said tortoise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking about porcupine. But hard as in like. Could have you in a fight. Yeah. Um, I'll be a lion. Kangaroos and honey badgers. And they're the two ones not to fuck with. um, What the fuck's a honey badger? Honey badgers are They are disgusting. Whoa. This is brand new information. I've yeah. never heard those two words together. But the connection is... They, it sounds lovely, a honey badger, but it's... Nah. When I was at work, I used to do loads of like games with my friends and da 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 Like, my first job I loved. And one of the guys, who I did fancy at the time, we were talking about, like, what animal do you think I am? And everyone had, like, blah, 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 lovely. And he was like, you're definitely a honey badger. Oh, my God, this do sounds you? like shade. Yeah, cute, but fucking horrible. <laughs> I was like, that's not very nice. He meant it in as in like a... I'm sure he was trying someone to Someone doesn't want to mess with you. But I was like, I'm not taking this as a compliment any way you put it. 
No, anyway, you're going to Google it. I rescued a bee on Sunday. Oh, mate. Sugar water. Yeah. I'm thinking about carrying it around in my bag. Mm. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Talk us through it. So we'd been out because we were doing the dog sitting this weekend. Yeah. So we took them up to the... Um, Common oh, and I then they look horrible, honey badgers. Sorry. Yeah, they're not. Like, oh, they're against my face. I'm like sure they're cute. Skunky. Yeah, they're weird. Oh, they're butters. Thanks. Uh, Thanks very much. And then went for some lovely breakfast. Came back home. There was a bee in the kitchen, and Matt was like, "Oh, there's a bee in the kitchen." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, is it okay?" Because it was just sort of lying there. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know." He's waiting uh, for brunch. For yeah, sake. maybe. And I was like, "I don't know what to do." Got some sugar out. Now RSPCA or something like that said use. Caster sugar, don't have any. We only had the... Fuck off, Iris. Yeah, yeah, sugar cubes. Sugar, sugar. We only had Demerara. So oh I was like, well... Posh one. Yeah, exactly. Popped it in a plate, but then I think I put too much water in. And I was like, is it going to drown if mm, I put it on that? Yeah, maybe. So then I put it on a teaspoon and gave yeah, it to nice. him. And then this little, like, thing came out. <gasps> and he went for it. And then he started, like... It was, like, literally, like, battery-powered because then its wings started going. And then it was doing it for a bit longer. And then it, like, flew up to the window. And then it flew away. That's uh, amazing. I actually think... A summer miracle. Everybody should be on bee patrol this mm. summer because they came out so early. They've got a lot left They've to got give. they a hard road ahead. They just need a bit more sugar. Mm. They start carrying things around. I was on a hike last year in Loch Lomond. Name drop. Beautiful. And we didn't have any sugar water. We found a couple bees but we were eating jelly beans so we chewed up some jelly beans and then like put the juice next Ooh. to the bees did you spit it out kind of you spat next to some bees not a spat at the bees <laughs> but like we just like and then did the juice thing and it didn't really work so don't use jelly beans use sugar water is my tip this summer that's a good tip what, I think that's probably the tip that most people would give <laughs> don't worry about the thing what doesn't lovely, work what a lovely little like vignette of your hiking career I'm desperate to save some bees some but I don't always have sugar water on me at some bees. I don't really have jelly beans on me to be honest just I was hiking. Steve and I accidentally did a, a, a hike that was far longer than we thought when we were in the States and it turned out to be like Four days. Well, it turned out to be like, you know, sort of six or seven hours that you would normally take like loads of water, Mars bars, a lunch, and literally all I had was a single packet of mint M&M's. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's middle class. Yeah. And we were like... One hmm, for this hour. We've been going for quite a long time. Basically, it was pitched to us that like, oh, you walk you know, four hours that way and then there's a campground. So we're like, oh, there'll be a shop. I wonder if... They probably won't take credit cards, so we'll take cash. But it was literally, like, by campground, they meant, like, a place where you could build a fire and then a standpipe. Like, literally, that was it. Oh, wow. Anywho. You made it back, So you did an eight-hour walk on one packet of... Six hours. Six hours. Yeah, yeah. Mm. On a single packet of mint... And And one bottle of water. We could refill at the campground. That was okay. all it had. It had a fire pit and a tap. Oh, my God. Christ. Yeah. My word. Bet you ate well that night. Yeah, we did, actually. Anywho, mm. what the fuck story were you telling? So back Glasgow, to coma Bees. <laughs> back to Helen. She was in the worst coma possible, but not be dead, basically. So she started coming around and she was moved to a, a more local hospital. But when she first woke, the first words that she spoke were in <gasps> French. Ooh, Ooh, I love a story like this. Same. She's not French. Oh. At all. <laughs> not at all. That's fucking great. So, apparently a friend of hers asked whether he should speak to her in French. Um, and the nurses thought that was a good idea to encourage communication. Um, so, he would ask a question and Helen would reply in fluent French. And no one really knew why... She said that she had done German and French at O-level, but it was like 30 years ago. Holy shit. She's not bilingual. But after a little while, when the French was carrying on, the doctor said... This is enough now. Yeah. not a joke anymore. Well, Come they on, said, Ellen. Stop speaking in French, because it's not actually helping her develop mm. the English side of the speaking. And actually put posters on the wall asking people not to talk to her in French. Oh, oh my God. Quite... Um, Serious stuff, isn't it? Mm. Comas so, usually are. Mm. They are quite, yeah. Mm. So there is a phenomenon known as foreign accent syndrome. And that's where people that have had like a brain injury, like they might have had a stroke or an accident or something like that, when they kind of awake and start talking, they appear to be speaking in another 
accent, but that is more to do with the listener thinking that the person who's woken up is speaking in another language or another, more like another dialect rather than a whole other language, like a different accent, because the rhythm and like the pronunciation may have changed due to whatever's mm, happened in the brain. That is really fascinating. One of the examples was that George Michael said that after he'd had... He had a car crash, didn't he? Well, yeah, that must have been it. And he was speaking a West Country accent for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> but it would have been more that people thought that's what he sounded like rather than what he was yeah. actually doing. But that wasn't what happened to Helen because she was actually speaking French. She wasn't Fluent speaking... French. Yeah, it wasn't like she sounded like she was talking with a bit of a French accent or how an English person might think a French accent sounds. She was literally speaking French. She said that during the period that she was speaking French and sort of trying to recover and trying to be encouraged to speak English, her father came to visit her in hospital and he sang nursery rhymes to her because he did that when she was a child. And she said that it was a real milestone when her father sang one, two, three, four, five, and she replied, once I caught a fish alive Aww. in English. She had to stay in hospital for a couple of months and then moved to a brain rehabilitation centre for a year, but still wasn't making much sense and had to relearn everything, including how to breathe on her own, which is serious. pretty serious stuff, yeah. So she says of the period that she doesn't really remember it at all and that friends sort of have said to her what it was that she was saying and what she used to do. And apparently... She used to just sort of say numbers and do sums out loud, but she says that that sounds like they're talking about somebody else so she doesn't really recognise herself from that period. She says that before that accident happened, she'd run five and a half marathons. And when she was recovering, she found it really hard to see people jogging. And now she works with a stick uh, and finds it difficult to use steps because of the brain damage that's happened to her. So when she's walking, her feet don't know whether they're going to hit the ground. Mm. So there's a real like disconnect. A perception sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's to do with uh, your peripheral, peripheral vision. vision yeah. yeah, But there's also a sense, I don't know the name of it, but that you know where your limbs are in space. That's like a thing that we have. Yeah. And if that goes, you wouldn't know whether your feet, you wouldn't really mm. know where your legs were or your feet were. Maybe yeah. it's something like that. Yeah. So three years ago, she heard... Esther Ranson talking about the silver line, which matches volunteers with older people that are lonely. So she volunteered for that and she was assigned a friend who's 75 and she says that the role has changed her life and helped her feel useful and she says that it's lucky that she didn't lose her ability to speak English or she wouldn't be able to communicate with the person that she's matched with now. That's so lovely. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of an odd thing to happen. I don't think anybody has explained the reason why she... She's definitely not the first person that's happened to either, is she? Mm. Where she speaks a completely fluent, different language. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I didn't kind of go I down feel like the route I've heard, of, I feel I've like I've heard of someone heard speaking it. Chinese when they come to. I really... And that, I wonder if it's like one of those things that's like buried in your subconscious that you learn at school or whatever. Yeah, maybe. So I started looking at... I didn't do it today because I've sort of got an idea for big 40 mm. I started thinking about near-death experiences and then I started thinking about past lives mm. and there was a thing around past lives around if you like but I was like how much do people believe like I'm sure mm. everything with a past life can be explained away by x y and z mm. but there was stuff on past lives around and actually this has nothing to do with this because this was just a completely different like I don't know what else I'm gonna do this if you feel like you know an, another language then it might be that you've had a past life but I'm not suggesting uh, that that's okay, why yeah, you might yeah. wake up from a coma being able to speak so I started looking at foreign accent syndrome because I thought oh well that might be an interesting thing to talk about because that's what's happened but then obviously that's that's not what happened that's not a completely different thing yeah. so and also I suppose this is all he- not hearsay in the sense that no one believes it but more that there isn't a recorded anything about it so they couldn't necessarily actually scientifically say she had this specific thing yeah it's all like this person was talking to her in complete fluent french she doesn't remember it yeah, yeah, there's he no says way it was it. but you can't you can't test that that's not verified mm-hmm. so you can't necessarily say oh it actually did happen because mm. you wouldn't at the time think to go oh i'm gonna get a scientist in and see why she's speaking fluent french just an fyi i did a level french and i could not be fluent if you put me in a coma right now Try so do a level did a level french Shit. same did you did you yes, sir we I did mine on genetic modification. I did mine on test tube babies. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bebe éprouvette. To this day, my A-level French oral exam is the most nervous I have ever been. Really? To this day. 
multiple, multiple gym, job interviews later, multiple gym memberships. <laughs> Quitting the gym later. Multiple That's scary. driving tests, all of it. A-level French oral exam. Really? Horrendous. I was the only person in my year to do A-level French because everybody else was... like She was, she was basically like, none of you are going to do A-level because you're not very good. Mm. And I was like, get fucked, madame. I'm doing, <laughs> like, I'm, get fucked. Like, get fucked. Go fuck yourself. I'm doing it and I did it and I got like a D. <laughs> I still fucking did it though. Yeah, no, it's good. Well done. So it's just you in class on your own? Yeah, but some for lots of it because AS level, just did their AS level and then I did A-level. Oh, AS level, right, yeah, yeah. Good story, Els. Good story. Thanks. I like a near miss. I like an interesting story. Mm. I'll do mine, shall I? Why not? Shall I, shall I go now? Why not? Allons-y. Allons-y. Uh, wait. So, two things. Mm. Usually when we talk about our podcast, some people are like, that's really cool, and then never talk about it again. And then we've got listeners that are our friends that are really, really nice. Mm-hmm. One of our friends, our mutual friend, <clears throat> listened to our first episode. mm and said to me, that didn't happen. Really? <laughs> what? what yeah. His story? Uh, yeah. yeah. Or the whole podcast? The story. So, listeners, episode one, I did the Boston Molasses disaster, oh. which is a historical fact. It yeah. happened. Yeah. But I was just thinking about that the other day when our friend, who is a lovely person, but just said, oh, I don't think that happened. And I was like, oh, no, it definitely did. Uh-oh. But you've had a fact, actually, it didn't happen. No, it did happen. <laughs> but it just got me thinking about it. And also, it isn't the only example of a thing like that happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you. Oh. Do you know what it, it is? Is it still alcohol? Aha. Uh-huh. Ah. I think I've looked at this, but I haven't done it, so <laughs> go ahead. Thanks very much. <laughs> Zena in the corner there. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you about the Great Beer Flood of London. Oh, my days. So. Was it my 21st birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. You were born in 1840. (laughs) (laughs) That was the Great Sambuca Flood of uh, 2000. It was an October date. Oh, Mm. shit. Anyway. Did they talk about this when we went on that gin tour? Oh, I don't know. Actually. I don't know. I feel like they might have. They talked about Beer Street, but no. Oh, I remember. Oh, no, Beer Street and Gin Street. Yeah, no, it's Gin. Yeah, yeah, Gin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, fine. Fine. Shut up. Fine. <laughs> shut, shut up. up. Shut up, Els. Um, anyway, so we're going back to 1814, mm-hmm. specifically October. And a bizarre industrial accident resulted in the release of a beer tsunami onto the streets around Tottenham Court Road. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't happen, mate. Pixar, it didn't happen. <laughs> don't think there are any. No picks. No picks. Um, so, the Horseshoe Brewery stood on the corner. Why is that funny? <laughs> I wondered where you were going with horse, because you said the horse shoe brewery. <laughs> I was just trying to enunciate my words properly, because I'm a beer and a half in. And you I'm la- your last story. Okay, L's. Sh- the Horseshoe Brewery stood at the corner... <laughs> Shubury stood at the corner of Great Russell Street and Tottenham Court Road. Not yeah. far from here. Sorry. Is it... Is it the... This is oh, the, my God. Elle's is absolutely burning you. I'm not, I'm not picking up on anything. But is it the Horseshoe Brewery? Yeah. Or, okay, fine. I thought the Horseshoe Brewery might be something else. The Horseshoe Brewery. It's a brewery and it's okay. called Horseshoe. Fine, okay. Not the Horseshoe Brewery. I mean, that isn't... Because that might be a thing from, like, the yeah. 1800s. Yeah, well, well, the horses true. get their shoes. What a thing to focus on right at the start of the story. Anyway, so, in 1810, the brewery, it's a brewery, it brews beer. It's called Mieux and Company. That's my French coming into things for you. (laughs) It had a 22-foot-high wooden fermentation tank installed on the premises. This was held together with massive iron rings and the huge vat held the equivalent of over 3,500 barrels of brown porter ale, which is a beer similar to a stout. But on the afternoon of October 17th, 1884, one of the iron rings around the tank snapped and an hour later, the whole tank ruptured, releasing the hot fermenting ale with such force that the back wall of the brewery collapsed. Shit. The force also blasted open several more vats, adding their contents to the flood, which now burst onto the street. In total, more than 320,000 gallons of beer were released into the area of St Giles Rookery, which is around, I guess, the Tottenham Court area, Tottenham Court Road area, um, which 
that the time was a densely populated London slum of cheap housing and tenements inhabited by the poor, the destitute, sex workers and criminals. And it's also said to be the inspiration for Hogarth's famous Gin Lane painting, Uh, which is the Beer Lane connection as well. Yeah. So the flood reached George Street and New Street within minutes, swamping them with a tide of alcohol. As we know, the viscosity makes it go much faster and it is catastrophic. So it ended up being a 15-foot high wave of beer and debris. Oh, my God. Which inundated the basements of um, houses and shops along the way, causing them to collapse. All in all, eight people were killed. In one of the houses, Mary Banfield and her daughter Hannah were taking tea when the flood hit. Both were killed instantly. In the basement of another house, an Irish wake was being held for a two-year-old boy who had died the previous day. All four mourners were killed, which is awful. The wave also took out the wall of the Tavistock Arms pub, trapping teenage barmaid Eleanor Cooper in the rubble. Three... I don't know why I pointed to you, it's just the same name. (laughs) Was it you? No. Uh, three <coughs> brewery workers were rescued from the waste high flood and another was pulled alive from the rubble. Pretty catastrophic. But, of course, at the time, there were lots of news events and people talking about things that they said happened and were quite scandalous and da 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 Not anything is guaranteed. That actually happened. Um, but lots of things were said that might not have been actually true. So, apparently, after the delivery of free beer that was the flood... Hundreds of people led, like, took to the streets, scooping up the liquid in whatever containers they could find, literally taking the free beer from the streets and then taking it home. Some drank it, which is obviously what you would do. And then apparently, off the back of this, it led to reports that a ninth victim died of alcoholic poisoning after drinking so much beer. That's absolutely not concrete at all. It's kind of stuff that was hearsay at the time and potentially put in newspapers. But who can trust the press these days? let alone back then. And then actually after the accident, lots of weird kind of things happened, but obviously quite of the time. So watchmen charged people a penny or two pence to see the ruins of the beer vats and visitors came in their hundreds to witness the macabre spectacle. But there was also conflicting reports that in the Times um, praised local people's responses to the disaster, noting how the crowd specifically kept quiet so the cries of the trapped victims could be heard, which I just just think is lovely. Like, I feel like that's just such an indictment of humanity. Like, everybody ultimately wants people to be okay and find them, and it's not about just getting lashed. Mm. But then also there were reports that said that relatives exhibited the corpses of the victims for money. Oh, Jesus. In one house, the macabre exhibition resulted in the collapse of the floor under the weight of all the visitors, which then plunged everyone waist-high into a beer-flooded cellar. Fortunately, no one died in that, but obviously carried on. And also reports said the stench of beer in the area persisted for months afterwards, which is very similar to the Great Boston Molasses disaster, which meant that there was Mm -hmm. always a sickly sweet smell in the air for months and months afterwards. So in terms of what happened afterwards, that is fact, the brewery was taken to court over the accident, but the disaster was ruled to be an act of God, leaving no one responsible. But the flood did cost the brewery around £23,000, which a couple of years ago was approximately 1.25 million which is you know a quite a hefty sum um however the company were able to reclaim the excess duty paid on the beer which saved them from bankruptcy they were also granted 7250 pounds again roughly around 400 grand as compensation for the barrels of lost beer so they weren't liable for the and problem and they got paid for it and, and they got, got a payout Fuck which now. i hope would never happen again like that's a pretty ridiculous <laughs> But actually, this unique disaster was responsible for the gradual phasing out of wooden fermentation casks, which were then replaced by lined concrete vats. I presume that's much better. The Horseshoe Brewery was demolished in 1922, (laughs) replaced by the Dominion Theatre, which is now where it was, which is on the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, currently showing... That was where We Will Rocky was for donkey's years. I don't know what's there now. But unlike the Boston Molasses disaster, which is still talked about to this day and still referenced quite a lot, this is kind of the often forgotten 
tale that happened. Although <clears throat> a local pub, the Holborn Whippet, mm-hmm. that I used to frequent yeah. when I worked at Mediacom, brews a special anniversary ale each year. You're kidding. So, podcast Let's trip go. to go Let's and go to taste that ale in October around your birthday. Yeah, oh, perfect. Yeah. When nice. we get back from New York. Yeah. There you go. That's the story of the Great Beer Flood of 1814. And the Dominion Theatre is temporarily closed. Oh, that's unusual. <laughs> is it because of all the crossrail stuff? Oh, probably, yeah. Oh, maybe, oh, yeah. What is happening to the West End, my friends? Mm. The West End is disappearing. Yeah. I um had quite a depressing walk around London today. Mm. Just like, because I went, uh, had to go for this appointment at, and that was like around, not far from Cannon Street, Walked up to this way to meet Matt. Walked around to Bank because I wanted to look in a bookshop, and then I also went to H and M. And that like little sort of half square mile yeah. is just full of like all the new high rises, all the city city lads, isn't it? Right. City lads. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably. It is kind of depressing. I think London's depressing in lots yeah, of pockets. Yeah, I find it sometimes quite depressing. And there's like the whole kind of, if you look at which areas of London developed and gentrified longest ago, say like, I don't know, Fulham, Kensington, that is now just empty homes that are owned by oligarchs. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh my God, everyone wants to live here. So the prices can go really high. So now we've priced out everyone. So now we've got empty houses. And you can just see it sweeping through. Like, yeah, that's yeah. going to happen in Soho next. That's going to happen eventually then, what, 10, 20 years' time? That's going to happen in like Hackney. Mm. It's fucking weird and unsustainable and sad. And It's so sad for such a busy city that relies on not only people that work here and whatever, but the people that have lived here for years. Yeah. And that's where our culture comes from. Well, it's just like the reason the reasons people like living in London are being killed by the developers. So it's like, yeah. yes, you can build homes, but you're also taking away all the good things about London. Soho is like definitely my favourite place in central London, I would say, but but not if it Doesn't, goes down yeah. the route of everything yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. Which it will. Of course yeah, it will. of course it will. <clears throat> Let's move to the seaside. Yes. Good story, Squares. Thanks ever oh. so. Um, why don't we lighten the mood with some girl crushes? So, girl crushes is just all about women, girls, whoever that we think are inspirational this week, doing something really, really cool this week. They've got good lipstick, their hair looks good, they're wearing a nice dress. Whether it's shallow, whether it's really fucking worthy, we don't care. We just want to chat shit about women. Chat shit, have fun. Chat shit, get banged. Um, Daily, who's your girl crush this week? Mine is so straightforward and simple. I actually don't really know much about her apart from she did a tweet that I really, really <laughs> loved. Hey, I'm here for it. <laughs> so this is my level of girl crush I'm bringing. Her name is Heidi N. Moore. She's the bid- business editor. She is a business editor, an alumnus of Wall Street Journal. She works for Guardian US and Marketplace. And so do you know if I were to say this is the way the world ends as part of a T.S. Eliot poem. So there's part of a T.S. Eliot poem which says, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Oh. Okay, so this is like a kind of iconic line. Anyway, my point (laughs) is, and I I always, I love that concept, and um, on the news of our new dear leader, Boris Johnson, someone, a a woman called Joy Joy Reid, had written an article in the New York Times with the headline, Boris Johnson is how Britain ends... And Heidi Enmore said, not with a bang, but with a wanker. Oh, very accurate. Which I thought was fucking brilliant and accurate and reflective exactly how I felt. So Heidi Enmore. Well done, Heidi. Not with a bang, but with a wanker. Said it all. Um, Mine is from a programme that I think I've already harvested one from about, well, over a year ago when we started doing this. So... Mine's Meryl Streep. Nice. Oh, oh! Please don't give me any spoilers. Okay, great. I mean, she's in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen an episode of her in it, but I haven't watched any more. Fine, that. that's fine. I mean, but she's great in it. She's great in it, but she's great in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's Meryl. I don't really need to say anything more. Yeah. And we're also talking about Big Little Lies, right? We are Sorry talking about yeah because of listeners. because I because I thought oh I've got to do Reese Witherspoon. I was like no, definitely that was the first one you ever did. So <laughs> and I was like also I mean. Everyone in that is great. The five main women in that are brilliant. But Meryl's just great, isn't she? Yeah. She's always great. 
Um, I haven't finished watching that series, but I am quite sad to realise there was like a viral photo that went viral lol, last year <laughs> about apparently that Reese and her, were having, her characters are having an argument and Reese throws an ice cream at her, but it doesn't actually happen in the episode and everybody on Twitter went like fucking mad. Like, can't believe this. We've been looking forward to this for like a year and it didn't happen. And it's like Reese was really like... <laughs> Lobbing an ice cream coat. No, it was like I think it was filmed, but never got put in. I was like, why would you cut that? That sounds amazing. The internet is waiting. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I can't wait to finish it. Have you finished it then? Yeah. So that is something that you've committed to. Yeah, Big Little Lies have committed to. That and Love Island. (laughs) Could do big things. They, yeah, they are. Love Island's taken over everything, and I knew it would, but I'm not mad about it. It's fine. No, fair. Do whatever you want. One more week, and then. Life resumes. life resumes. Yeah. What are we gonna do at night? I yeah. don't know. I mean, I think about it, the the time event because when this started, when it started this season, I was like, oh, dipping and out. Don't really. I'm not really bothered by any of them. But it adds up. It does add up. It's Ovi still in it, yeah, and you can't dip in and out because if you dip in and out, you're you like, where am I at? Yeah. Like you have to. Where's my head at? Exactly. Where's my head at right now? Just don't know. Yeah. Is Ovi coupled up? Yeah. Yeah. With India. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Okay. She's, she's quite new. new. I've seen like <laughs> 20 minutes. She's new. She's new. We don't care about India. But we care about Ovi, right? We care about, we care about Ovi. Deeply. My. Oh, shit. Sorry. My. <laughs> I we were wrapping yeah, up. finished. No. Oh, bye. bye. Oh, Sarah's sure still got to do a girl crush. Squares, who's your girl crush? My girl crush is Florence Pugh. Pugh? Pugh. I don't know how to say her last name. Pew, probably. Pew. Um, I went to see Midsummer last ah. week by Ari Aster and I didn't see Hereditary. They only told me exactly what happens, blow by blow, so I'll never see it anyway. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? No, but I just remembered when I had to walk out of this room yeah, and then watch you through the window. Yeah. And I've still not watched it. I should watch it. That's a Halloween Good. film, isn't it? It's a scary film, yeah. It's scary, yeah. I'll part that for Halloween. Um, anyway, his new film, Midsummer, is all about a group of people that go to Sweden for Midsummer Festival. I can't say any more than that because it's fucking weird. And notoriously, I'm not a great fan of new horror films. I will watch Scream till the day I die because it's a classic. But um, I don't really like horror films. But I went um, last week and actually it's really good. It's really weird. It's kind of mind fucking rather than... Mm like jump out your seat scary yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway i've only heard good things about it yeah it's fucking weird but it's, like it's good it's it really good, good. Yeah. um also like the first 20 minutes are horrible and then there's the film mm. i want to kind of like caveat like there's the first 20 minutes are rank and then not rank but just like horrible and then 20 minutes is done and then it's the rest of the film anyway but florence is the the lead female character and i just thought she was really good she played the character really well um this is really shallow, but like she just looked really good without much makeup on. Mm-hmm. Like just a very natural beauty. And I think that was really important to the film. Like kind of like not a girl next door, but also not a supermodel. Like mm-hmm. kind of like it was. And also I've Googled her and followed her on Instagram since. And she's so beautiful. But like she just portrayed this this character really, really well. Um, and I really liked her and I thought she was very, very good. And she's just everyone in the world has just been cast in the new Marvel Universe films but mm-hmm. she's going to be in a new Marvel film which is pretty cool like obviously she's going to get much bigger anyway Midsummer, it's out in cinemas right now even in two weeks time when this comes out it'll still be out get on it it's really good it's not jump out of your seat scary so non-horror fans will be fine with it it's just a bit weird, weird. oh it's also got um, Chidi out of The Good Place ah. in it which I didn't realise until I started watching it and she gave me the biggest smile until all the shit happens obviously um, but yeah it's really good Go watch it. Wicked. Here you go. Is Ari Aster finish? Mm, maybe. It would seem a bit weird that they did the Midsummer thing in Finland, in, in Sweden, if that was the case. I'm just thinking of Ari. Well, Ari, my brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's Finnish, maybe it's just Scandi. No, he is um, American. Oh, all right. They briefly lived in England before moving to New Mexico. They just like the name Ari. They probably took it off my brother. Probably. Trendsetter that he is. Mm. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, Sorry we've talked so much shit. If you want to email us, we're whataway.pod at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social, which we are going to get Up. better at. Yeah, we're going to shit. We're going to do so the, much. The, um, the visuals from my TED Talk today. Okay, great. And um, at the very least. I'm just going to take a picture of me drinking a pint of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I'll probably do better. And then 
So yeah, on the socials we're at What Away Pod. Engage with us, leave us reviews, talk to us. Um, we want to know if you're out there, so yeah, say hello. And also, we used to say this quite a lot. We don't say it as much anymore. But we still want to hear mm. your near-miss stories. Get in touch, email us, pigeon us, whatever works for you. What's we pigeon? Oh, send like a carrier pigeon. pigeon. Fine. It's a new app. It's a new I thought app. it might have been. I was like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Amazing. Oh God, we just invent an app. Oh, let's get on it. Let's make our millions. Super encoded messaging. Like unhackable messaging. Okay, I'm I'm down. I'm down. I think I think we have just Okay. That. Um but because if you're a coder, get in touch. Get in touch. But lots of people think, oh my story's not really interesting. But if you've listened to our Christmas special, our stories weren't that interesting, but they were because we told them. It was your uh, boat, your allow boat. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you've got an EMS story, we're always willing and wanting to hear it.